I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. So for people listening to this show, there's a lot of real estate people on here uh, that listen, and, and you've done something unique, I think, in Utah. And I, I believe you guys throw a mass scale event once a month for the community, you pay for them, and, I, and I, the dollar signs have gotta be pretty big for what you guys pay for, but obviously it's paid off. It made me know your name and who you are. Do you wanna walk us through those events, why you started them, and how it's grown your business? Yeah, I mean, what happened is when I got in the real estate business, I was young, I was 24 years old, so my big disadvantage is I just didn't know anybody, anybody that had money at least, right? I knew a lot of people, but nobody that was buying homes. So my first five years of my career, I really established myself as a top agent by calling for sale by owners every single day. I mean, I was on the phones from eight to 11 every day and it worked. I, my first year I sold 60 homes, year two I sold 98 homes. I mean, it was awesome, right? Like it works if you put that effort in. But I was working 70, 80 hour weeks. Banging your head against I mean, the wall, calling people. Like you're that. just, you're listing home after home. I mean, all morning you're on calls, then you're on lead follow-up all afternoon and then you're all evening you're at appointments. Mm. And I got burned out. And uh, in 2010, I met with my real estate coach. And by the way, not only was I burned out, but because of the market crashing in 2007, eight, I didn't have any money either. So five years of effort, nothing to show for it, yeah. um, except for a really good skill set, right? And so I was talking to my real estate coach, a guy named Bill Pipes, and he's like the top coach in the country. And I was like, dude, I got into this to, to throw parties and travel and be with my people and have freedom of time and you know money and everything yeah. else. And none of that is happening. I was like, I think I'm gonna get out. Hmm. And he's like, well, why not just build your business around what you wanted it to be? Hmm. And so I was like, all right. So instead of working the masses, we decided to focus. He said, look, let's make a list of anyone you know and anybody you want to know, uh, anybody that has money right now. Because back in 2010, like nobody had money. It's not like like today, dude, like you're meeting every person Everyone's you know fine. has yeah. money. Like honestly, back then he goes, who do you know that has money? And I go, honestly, nobody. Mm. I mean, nobody had money. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was at least in my circle back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he said, well, who do you know that has money that you don't know? And we made a list of 15 people. And then we set up a game plan to go after these people, get to know them, create value and, and do business. And within a year and a half, I sold 14 of the 15 people at home. Jeez. I realized, yeah. okay, I'm really good at networking when I want to yeah, be. Yeah. And so long story short, we pivoted and we made, you know, instead of trying to market to the masses or calling, you know, buying leads or, or calling for selling owners and all these random people, we said, let's just spoil the shit out of, you know, four or 500 people. Hmm and let them become raving fans. I read the book, Raving Fans, yeah. and um, and so that's what I did. So I started, you know, back then I started doing, uh, renting out movie theaters. This was before like, everybody was this, did 2011? it. 2011? 2010, 10? 2011, wow, yeah. Early on, yeah. I literally taught Thanksgiving Point, the theater, how to do this. Like I told them I wanted to rent the theater out, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, well, you can't just have the whole theater. I'm like, well, yeah, I just want to buy a receipt. Huh. And I had to teach them how to do it. I was literally <laughs> like the first, it was, yeah. I think it was like Pirates of the Caribbean 2 or something. It was no like some way. random that's movie. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and at the time, yeah, they had no like way to do this. And yeah. so. Anyway, long story short, it started with stuff like that, right? And then I just got more creative. I said, okay, well, what would be fun? And when I was a kid, like basically me as an adult is trying to make 14 year old Jimmy proud. That's basically my entire life. Everything I do is to make me as a child proud. And so I was like, you know, when I was, I remember one day, one of the best days of my life was a July 4th party when my dad did this big fireworks show. And I was just like, man, that was so fun. It was so cool. I'd, I'd love to do that when I'm older. So once I got some money, I started throwing this fireworks show. And the first time I did it, 
for all my friends and family. I think there was 75 people there and I dropped, I don't know, I remember how much, I remember up in Evanston where you buy the fireworks, they had a list of their top buyers of the year. For people that don't know in Utah, if you want fireworks, you go drive you go to Evanston. Right across like, the border and you get Evanston, they have that's where the big ones are yeah. yeah and i was on their list the number one guy like that year you know you so i remember like what i spent but yeah like <laughs> i just remember they gave me a lot of freebies because i bought so much but i did this fireworks show everyone's like oh my gosh that was amazing like um and so i really studied a lot of events when i was younger i had a couple buddies would you know throw parties and i realized very young that nobody cares if you go to a party but everybody wants to know who hosted or threw a good party it's so, like my buddy nick yep. would always throw these good parties his family had a lot of money and mm -hmm. have food and all the girls would want to hang out with Nick afterwards and yeah. I remember thinking to myself like well geez when I'm older I'm, I'm gonna I'm host gonna these that, parties yeah. Yeah. yeah so when I was in college I would host a lot of parties and networked with a lot of people that way and so I just kind of put that into my business so I started with that fireworks show well every year I've been doing that ever since and now I think we I mean I'm doing it this week and I think we'll have 5,000 people there yeah. just for our little real estate team That's awesome. um, yeah. you know every year that became like last year was really cool because every fireworks show in town was shut down and I'm super patriotic like I'm going to die fighting for freedom one day probably and um, like I just love this country and uh, and anyway, long story short, when everybody else shut down, I just threw my party and I it had this. Vineyard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It I, was. I went to the party and I was like, "Oh, there's fireworks!" And I, Jimmy Rex's face and name is like all over this. And I was like, "What?" That's it was like people it. needed it last year, yeah, middle of the pandemic. Was, we're three months crazy. in, and it was one of those months. There wasn't a mask in sight. This was yeah. my people, and and you know, and and you kind of find your tribe. But so yeah, it like meant a lot. And I mean, I dropped a lot of money on that party. I mean, it's it's enough to buy a brand new truck if you wanted, you yeah. know. But you give people these experiences. Experiences. And, you know, I really learned at a young age, again, like just give everything expecting nothing in return and the doors blow open for you. So I don't have like an ROI to my events. I can't, you know, I, in fact, when people come up to me at the events, I tell them, well, let's just, I'll follow up with you tomorrow or something. Mm -hmm. I want people to enjoy themselves yeah. and I just give as much as I can and keep doing these things. And then I know that, you know, that creates raving fans or people that want to work with you in one capacity or another. Well, it's, an, and I, back to that event last year, I remember me and my wife went to it and we just like, I think I had tears in my eyes because it was there playing the patriotic music mm -hmm. and it was mid riots and everyone hates the United States and whatever. We're not doing fireworks. And I just remember seeing, I was like, it really touched me. And I was like, man, this, I freaking love living in Utah and the area I live in because of things like this. And yeah. thankful to people like you that do stuff. Like yeah, that. I had, I had literally hundreds of people reach out to me and like, man, we needed that. Yeah. Like, thank you. Really you know, was. Like, that was, yeah, I'm one of them. So, yeah. I love that. so the events have, have scaled. Now are these, every event is a mass scale event or do you also do, cause I know a lot of people like in the fun space, we'll throw these yeah. private high net worth individual events. You've done the mass scale events, but do you do both? Yeah, I do both. So, okay. you know, I, well, once a quarter we have an open event. So like my Easter, egg hunt anybody can come we have a helicopter come and drop you know a bunch of eggs on the kids yeah. and some of them are full of like numbers and they How have did prizes was it, did like the oh, it's freaking hilarious did kids get like beat i have a video it? of me on my instagram you go to my instagram mr jimmy rex and i'm just dying laughing because kids are just getting pelted left and right like but the war scene or yeah but it doesn't really hurt them that much and like if you're a kid and you got hit by an egg out of a helicopter when one easter you're gonna remember that for the rest of your life like in my mind i'm like this is so cool i'm just creating these memories you know and uh, it's funny because it's like I've been doing these events for 15 years now and there are 
kids that are like grown up now that their entire childhood was going to events that Jimmy Rex threw. Like, yeah, I cool. love that, you know? And so like we do the, the Halloween party is pretty open to whoever we rent out, um, like a place that does hay rides and corn maze and stuff like that. It's yeah. a, like a petting zoo. And then we do um, a Christmas one that's pretty open, but then the rest of them are more VIP. So like I rented out a comedy club. I rented out a water mm -hmm. park last gotcha. month. Um, next month I rented out Cowbunga Bay, the other water park. And so I'll do different events, stuff like that, yeah. you know? Um, but it's always free. The only ones I charges if it's a charity event i do like a black tie gala every year mm -hmm. and stuff like that but um but yeah i try to keep it you know like anybody i mean it's as you're growing your business like it's funny like when i was doing the free movies back when i was in my 20s mm -hmm. everyone thought this was the greatest thing ever uh -huh. now when i throw a free movie i can't get anyone to come <laughs> you know it's like yeah. i had to up my game so that's why i started doing cooler things i'm like oh, all right i guess we better rent out the water park then yeah, you know yeah. it's like um different things like that on the uh on, I, I love this by the way the event and i've, I've said this on the show if you guys have listened before you've heard me i preach good fund managers good money raisers good networkers are event throwers it's mm -hmm. e one of the easiest ways is back to your point is throwing mass scale events and or small private big whatever it is and you've done that to a t and, and well and i get invited to everybody's event because they know that i'm the guy that can help make the party better right like i always said like be the kind of person that people just want to have around mm -hmm. like have good energy have you know like be doing things have beautiful people around you like um have other successful people around you and it's kind of funny like when you have the most badass guys around you the prettiest women want to be there and when you have the prettier women the more badass yeah, people want to be around so together. it's yeah you kind of become like this linchpin that's brought everybody together and so i've opened so many doors just by bringing the right people the most high value people i could together and by the way like not ever forgetting the other people you know what i mean like people that aren't quite there yet or haven't really mm -hmm. and i always say for every person I reach up to, I try to reach down to somebody else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just make everything you do, like where people are like, man, I, I can't tell you how many high net worth men have said to me, they're just like, I don't even know much about you, Jimmy. I just love having you around. Like they'll invite me to everything because I just bring a good energy. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't talk about negative things, just have fun. And then I introduce them to other really fun, cool people. Mm, I love it. Now, I want to take a second right here. We usually say this at the end, but if people want to come to these parties or, be, or network with you or find out stuff online, where's a good place for people to go? Yeah, so the, the so the, because I do so many different things, I mean, I'm always speaking, coaching, training. Yeah. I've got my books. I've got my podcasts. I've got all these different things I'm doing. So I tell people, just follow me on Instagram. That's because okay. I do everything on my story. I post about everything. Mm -hmm. So for the next few days, I'll be posting about this fireworks party. So Mr. Jimmy Rex, that's my Instagram. And then just follow me there. And anytime you see me putting out invites, you know, I, I say if it's open to whoever or whatever. And then I do a lot of other things like the $100 dinner club and just every week I'm doing something to bring people together yeah. so if you want to you know meet some cool people and be around it's pretty easy to find me I love it so Mr. Jimmy Rex on Instagram go check him out um, I know I like putting that in the middle so people can you know if they're watching whatever okay I want to talk about a, a specific event that you threw I believe you threw it houseboat down in Lake Powell one of your most notorious videos online you piloting a houseboat as it slowly sank into the depths of Lake Powell. Tell yep. us the story of what happened. Yeah, well, it's funny. People say a boat is your worst investment, right? Like the happiest the two story. days you own a boat is the day you buy it and the day you sell it. And not true in my experience mm -hmm. um, uh, because I would use the houseboat to network and meet a lot of people. So I'd throw these houseboat parties um, on Lake Powell. I probably did, I mean, 40, 50 times I've done the same yeah. event, right? Went to the same place most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, this particular time I was hosting... And for people that don't... I, how, Lake Powell is kind of like the Grand Canyon filled up with water. 
you got these big, beautiful yachts. Yeah, it's just one of the most houseboats. beautiful lakes in the world, yeah, basically. Yeah. And so, and there's a lot of beaches. So we would go take the houseboat, beach for three, four days. You're boating, you're playing volleyball. And there's, by the way, there's this is one of the key things I've done to build my network is there's a different kind of bond that is formed when you go and do things together with other people. Mm -hmm. High adventure things. Like look at just our experience going to Dallas. Yeah. I mean, how much more we bonded and got to know each other by spending that time in another place, right? You get out of your normal city. We play football together in the Cowboys Stadium or just doing different things and all of a sudden you're like okay yeah I, I know this guy better and so I always knew I could really solidify relationships by getting them to Lake Powell and using the houseboat and so I had done this trip literally 40 50 times but this particular one this is three years ago now we were coming back and uh, I only had like 10, 12 people on the boat. Usually I have like 30 or 40, but a lot of people were staying on the beach and they were gonna come back on the wakeboard boats oh, later. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden water was just freaking coming over, over the, the top, top, dude. Yeah. yeah. and. Um, it got pretty gnarly. We were first we were trying to bail it out. I had a couple of my buddies with buckets and we'd put some towels in front of the door and it just kept getting worse and worse. And all of a sudden it got like we got out of the channel in a big um, uh, or we got out of the canyon into the channel and this big wake. Um, there's like these. Um, what do you call them? Like a cruise boats that oh, like yeah, tour yeah. boats those, yeah. and they hit us with a wave and it just, oh, all this water came over the top and we were in big trouble and it started flooding into the front bedroom. Oh, At this point I knew like, Oh shit, yeah, this is we got wrong. a problem on our hands. Yeah. yeah. Um, thankfully it was Memorial day weekend. So the coast guard happened to be there. They're only there three or four weekends a year. Oh wow. And, uh, but we were, you know, so I got everyone off the boat and I was trying to find long story short. Um, when I was little, I had a father that like bless his heart. He tried to make our childhoods really fun, but he didn't have the money to do it. So if anything, went wrong on vacation like all hell broke loose and so I had a father that just really I mean ruined half yeah. of our trips growing up if I'm being honest yeah. and uh, but it was like he wanted so bad to make it work so he would try this but he just gets so stressed because things just, break right things shit happens yeah yeah yeah, yeah. next thing you know he's got three months of stress at work because of it so I made a decision when I was younger. It's like, if I ever am like the host, I'm just going to be chill. I'm going to be super easy to get along with. If mm -hmm. things break, they break. Like, I'm not going to let it bother me. So the video, what made it like go viral like it did, because it ended up getting over 150 million views. Um, Kim, really? Yeah. <laughs> and it's still growing because like, I just put it on my TikTok like a couple months ago. My first three videos of TikTok were my houseboat sinking. And one of those videos got over 30 million views. I mean, it's, it's very funny because yeah. what happens is you see the water coming on and I'm just kind of, joking and laughing about it and people are like can't figure out why I'm not more stressed I mean what are you gonna do like throw furniture in the lake yeah, like I yeah, just in yeah. my mind I was like okay well I'm gonna just, just keep driving yeah, yeah. We do. and so uh, anyway long story short we got it back we actually ended up rescuing it from going all the way and we were about two three minutes from it totally wow. flipped but I mean when you look at the video the of the boat like half the boat is in the water I mean so it's, it's like down it's in big trouble yeah there's no way water. you should still be able to drive yeah yeah and uh I didn't realize like if you get caught in a houseboat when it goes under it can suck in all the water and you can yeah. go down pretty quick and get yeah. hard to get so it's probably more dangerous than I realized but we got it back Anyway, like, what do you mean? Like, did you hit like a shore and beach? So once you or? get it towards the marina, they have like a side ramp where they put the boats in and out. Yeah, yeah. And they got it onto that. Oh, we got it there. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. So um, we made it. And um, anyway, it was funny because like I got all these videos from my friends as they were filming the experience. And I told my friends like in the real time, I'm like, look, you guys, just keep filming. Like, who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. let's get some of this yeah, on. You know, footage, yeah. <laughs> and so once we get landed or whatever, we were safe. And I called my marketing guy the next day, and I got all the videos from my buddies. And I said, hey, make something funny out of this. Mm -hmm. And uh, he sent it over to me and it was like, it was good, it was funny, but I was like, man, it's missing something, it's missing something. 
And I'm like, oh, dude, put the Titanic music on it. Oh. And so once he sent me that, I was dying. Like, I myself was crying. I was laughing so hard. So it was one of those moments where you know it's going viral. So I put it up on Facebook. I hit send. And I just sat back in my chair and just went. It took about two minutes. All of a sudden, it's like, just oh, going. Man. And it just went nuts. It's ended up, like I said, with hundred over 150 Jeez. million views. And That's insane. Yeah, I, it was funny. We had, I had one video go semi-viral. And it's the funnest thing ever to just sit there and watch that. Yeah, it's funny. Just, but I, nothing whenever I'm that. bored to this day I'll go read those comments because about every other person is like oh these rich assholes they don't even care because they yeah, rented yeah. the boat and then the next dude's like that captain's the most chill dude ever I want to go yeah, boating yeah. with him you know yeah, like yeah. so it's like a mix it's of the two contract, and I just yeah. think it's hilarious like so if I'm ever bored like to this day I can go read comments on any of these sites that posted my video and there's hundreds of new ones all the time so speaking of viral videos there's another video on your channel stalking a little bit today uh kind of a prince ea style but prince ea is in the is he in the yeah he actually he did i did it with him uh -huh. so how did that how did you connect with prince ea i mean he's one of the biggest youtubers on the planet how did you connect with him do do an actual video where you're the face of it it seemed it was very well produced like what was the story on that yeah so i met so prince i had about three or four people that i wanted to model kind of a lot of what i did online after tony robbins tim ferris mm -hmm. prince ea andy Frisella. these are kind of the four dudes that were my guys and i had a chance to meet tony through going undercover got to work with tony i've met him a dozen times that was really cool i got tim ferris's girlfriend um, is a really close friend of mine. So I've had brunch with them. I've spent a New Year's with them partying. Like I've, I've spent some time with Tim. Um, and then Andy Forsell is close friends with Aaron Wagner and Sean Whalen, some of my best friends. So I've got, had a chance to talk to him a few times. So as Prince was the other one and I, I had a chance to meet him through Dan Fleischman and a networking group that I was doing. And Prince is, I just love his message. It's just love. It's its very much um, that dude just, he just is such a loving human and he really has great messages. So when I met him, we just started jamming and, you know, I started telling him a couple of my stories and, and he was telling me about him and mm -hmm. he was interested in real estate. So after this event, when I met him, we, uh, I ended up selling him a house, an investment property. Really yeah. And I cherry picked him like the best one. Okay. Um, it's probably gone up like 40% in a year. So um, it was an awesome house. And then um, I said, hey man, I'd love to make some videos with you. And so we just started talking about that and he actually scripted it, he wrote it for me. He Jeez, directed wow. it, his team and they're freaking amazing. Okay, what was funny is like, I was like, yeah, I wanna be a YouTube star. I wanna do some cool videos. And like you make videos, like we're making one right now that'll end up on YouTube, right? When I watched what Prince does, I was like, I've never been so impressed in my life. He had probably 12 crew there that day. Wow. We had a studio. I mean, this was like, we had to do certain takes, no joke, like 20 times. Seriously? And I'm over here like, it's my video. And I'm yeah, like, it's like, good crap. enough for yeah. hell's sakes. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, dude, they're so perfect. And I've worked on different movie sets. I, I was the executive producer of a movie once um, called Once I Was a Beehive. It was a Mormon movie like five, six years ago here in Utah. And so I'd been on sets. I've yeah. seen how this works. And they were as professional as these TV shows and movies that I'd worked on. But anyway, we, uh, so I spent two days in LA with him making Wait. that video. How did you go from, hey, I'm Prince we're hanging out, we're having fun. I'm sure everybody hits him up. Let's make a video together. Like, why you? Like, why did he pick you? Like, how did that happen? Well, there's a networking principle, right? Like, so the problem that most people get into is they either they don't know how to get in the room or once they get in the room, they can't help themselves. They try to take from the other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just not that way. And so what I always say is Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time. is like jab, jab, right hook. Like you need to give so much. And so I always say, if you want to meet those people, if you want to become friends with those people, whoever those people are to you, you need to be the kind of person those people want to be around. Mm, cool. And so what I did, so for example, with Prince, I just got to know the guy 
was listening to him and all of a sudden uh, he you know i had a need like he's like yo i want to invest in some real estate and he saw that i was the guy who worked with a bunch of his buddies ryan stuman and dan fleischman some of these other guys yeah. that were his buddies and he's like yo let's let's get a house and then i just said hey like i value you um you know and i i hired him to do this for me like i paid him to oh, be a oh, part yeah. of this video and to do this i mean he put a lot of time and effort into it yeah, for sure but since then, I mean, I talk to Prince at least once a week now, like talk all the like, time. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. He hits me up. I hit him up and um, just talk about whatever. But, you know, that relationship formed because we did business with each other, mm. but we respected each other and we got to know each other. And, and so that's kind of how it huh. came about. He's really cool. Well, if you yeah. haven't seen it, Jimmy Rex is on YouTube, is right? Your YouTube channel? Yeah, it's called Take Off Your Mask, which was, you know, I had double meaning for me because I'm very against the mask. But it was also take off the mask that you put on to try to, you know, function in society and things like that. Mm. As a, it's an inspiring video. Well, all of Prince, like anything Prince EA touches is just, it's gonna yeah, make you cry or laugh or whatever, something in it. And so that was, yeah, really cool thing. You've touched on a few things. Um, I, I, it's okay, we bounce around for a little bit. Whatever you want, on, man. I know, I know you've done a lot of trips, uh, charity-wise, down helping save children out of sex trafficking with a number of different groups. Um, you wanna talk to people that haven't heard about these groups and what you guys do? Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, I'm part of, I've been able to be a part of several groups that go undercover and help rescue kids that are being sex trafficked. And so I worked with a group called Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, my most recent work was a, gr a group called Child Liberation Foundation. Yep. Um, what's cool is there's several groups doing this, but I've had the chance now to go on 12 different operations, I guess Jeez, you could call yeah. them, and um, been to five or six countries. And um, yeah, we go undercover and find these guys that are essentially trafficking little kids. And we go in and we get them arrested and rescue the girls. Jeez. and yeah it's like how, how do you do undercover like that's something i've because i've heard about people going on trips like this and whatever and it takes a certain skill set to go you gotta tr i'm guessing you trained did you uh train yeah so you train a couple different ways but so it's actually interesting so this last one we just did was two weeks ago actually we were down in south america and uh, we had a green beret with us okay. and he was by far in the way the worst one out of us like really? be, yeah i mean obviously if something went down it would have been nice to have him there um but there if you're too much of a square in a box mm -hmm. it's very difficult to do this work undercover and he's just i mean super mormon guy like really a great guy like amazing guy mm -hmm. as a friend i love the guy as an undercover he made me nervous as hell because he just was so uncomfortable the like whole you, it time. was just so it was almost obvious to tell like, he was just very uncomfortable in the setting yeah i mean yeah. so you know i mean but yeah you go in i mean to some of the worst parts of town and you're talking to the mm -hmm. seediest people there and you're trying to convince them that you are there to um, find kids to have sex with. And so that's our entire role is to go in, you know, we have the federal police are following us and watching to help us. They're the ones that are armed. We're not, we're just going in. And so like the skill set that helps us the most, the best undercovers are the best sales guys, a guy that can walk into any room and make friends with everyone there. Yeah. Right. And then, so you have to pretend to become friends with these guys. And um, you know, we've got pretty good at being able to convince, I mean, I can make friends with anybody literally. And so, um, that's what you do. And so that's what makes me good at doing it, I guess, is just my ability to, in a social situation. You know, I guess you call it the your social IQ or your emotional IQ is yep. I can walk into any room and I can read what's going on. I'm picking up the energies of the room. I'm, I'm seeing things that other people aren't seeing. And that's kind of what helps you really excel in these things. Like this last one we just did, you know, we were able to find a couple groups that were um, trafficking kids. Like one of them, um, this guy, he said, um, basically said, hey, here's the menu, pulls his phone out. And, uh, you know, he had 20 girls. I said, well, where are they? We, can we see them today? Like, can we, because we try to get video or pictures of the girls to give yeah. to the federal police. And uh, he's like, yeah, pick which ones you want to see. And I picked the four that looked the youngest. 
within 45 minutes he had them there wow. meeting us in a restaurant and uh and they were 12 13 years old and and he said he keeps them in a hotel nearby and so this dude is trafficking these kids and i mean here's where it gets tricky like i mean you're sitting at a restaurant with 30 people around other americans and you're flirting with these 12 13 year old kids or like you're kind of like trying to be friendly or whatever and so like it's super uncomfortable for sure and that's what makes it kind of tricky and so the skill is essentially just being able to be um social with everybody you have to Mm -hmm. pretend to be friends with these guys that you'd rather punch in the neck and stab in the neck yeah Yeah. so anyway that's but yeah it's been really rewarding and for people that haven't heard of this before so you guys will you know you'll act like you're interested in the kids Will another team follow those kids back? Are you trying no, to set up so, an event and get the traffickers there? Yeah, like, so we never actually, yeah, so I mean, you essentially just are setting up um, the traffickers. So we'll let them know, like, because so that we don't have, like, so that they're not like, oh, do you want them right now or anything like that? We always just say, no, we're just here to set up a party for our boss. So it's like, oh, in the essentially, future. yeah, yeah essentially. Like the, okay. Without going into too much details of that, I probably don't want to touch on that too much, but like, we essentially set up for a later time to get together. And then we tell them, look, we're going to be coming with 10 or 15 guys. So we need every girl that you have. Like, like we want to get all of them so we say you know bring them all we'll rent a big house and that's usually kind of how we do the Jeez, rescue what a what an incredible thing to be a part of I, yeah it's it's one of those things that you, when you're younger you don't really think this is going to end up being part of your life you know but um I, yeah it's been pretty cool man to be a part cool. of it yeah I, well, I know you and a couple other people that we mutually know that do these essentially trips or saving you know and it's it's high risk it's high stakes i mean if you mess up yeah we've had a couple times where it was like it was pretty uh it, it was touch or go really <laughs> yeah yeah Jeez. but it's incredible to, for you guys to go and and really put your life on the line to help save kids in this incredibly dark and not public place of the world i mean no one t- not a lot of people talk about the i don't know how many millions of kids are in sex trafficking right now but it's a, it's a yeah i mean i don't know where they get their numbers from and all that but it's definitely a problem I mean, it's one of those things where here's what i tell people is like if you go to one of these towns one of these resort towns if you're not looking for it you won't see it mm. it's not like it's in your face but if you go looking for it um usually three out of four times we can find it within an hour wow. and so that's how prevalent it is right and so it's it's tricky it's hard to talk about like i've learned how to talk about it in a way that like people aren't just turned off when i first got back from my first stop we did this big takedown rescued all these kids and i thought everybody would want to hear about it. i did a little video on my phone i pretend i was on my phone when we did the takedown so i had some footage of it oh, okay. and nobody wanted to hear about it it was weird it was like everyone i told it was like uh, it was just it's dark you know and yeah. it's a lot of people don't want to think about it and so i had to learn how to talk about it in a way that uh that people will not be turned off to but and it really is a hopeful thing for me i mean every trafficker that we take out is hundreds of kids that weren't trafficked and every rescue you know is a is a child that essentially has a chance now to make something out of their life and mm-hmm. i mean it's a lot goes into it but it's a you know it's a cause worth fighting for yeah it's incredible what you guys do now we've touched on a few things with networking and it sounds like you know, events or a sinking a boat in Lake Powell, making a viral Prince EA. I mean, all these great things for someone watching this, that's maybe young and wants to become like you, right. Or develop the skill of being able to make people become anyone's best friend. Any just quick takeaways you'd give a, you know, a a 20 year old kid that comes to you and asks those questions. Yeah. I mean, I said them a little bit. So the first thing is, is give everything expecting nothing in return. Like that's the key to life, everything. Um, but people can't help themselves. Like they'll come and they'll do something once or twice. And then they kind of figure, oh, this isn't really getting me anywhere. And they stop. Mm-hmm. So you truly have to get to a place because energetically people know if you're doing it to get something or if you're doing it because you're just a really great person. Mm-hmm. And so it's very hard not to like somebody or want to be around somebody that's always making your life better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so truly do everything you can to make their life better. The second thing I say is everybody needs something 
it's your job to figure it out. There's nothing more annoying when a young kid comes to me and he goes, hey man, how can I help you out in your life? I wanna, you know, I wanna be mentored, how can I help you? I'm like, bro, you just gave me a homework assignment I didn't sign up for. I don't wanna tell you what to do for me. Like, if I give you one of my actual things I need done and you don't do it, it's gonna take me 10 times more work to fix it. So it's like, you know your own skill set. figure it out. And I've got example after example after example of that where I've been able to help people that had a need and I figured that out for them. And so, um, and then the third thing that I would say, this is the reason that, you know, Paul Hutchinson is the main guy that got me into the undercover work. And he told me later, because he told me when I first, I didn't know him, when I first heard him speak about it, I approached him, I was like, hey, how, how can I get a, be a part of this? I wanna do this. And he kind of blew me off, he blew me off a lot. Like he was just like this idiot kid, you know? And he's like, we have hundreds of people that wanna go undercover. Yeah, yeah. And eventually I got to go and, and got to be a part of it. And he said later, he said, Jimmy, you know why, when everybody else was a no, why you were a yes? I said, well, why is that? He said, because you just, absolutely every single thing I I needed done or I asked you to do, you just did it. He goes, somebody like me that's as busy as I am, got as many moving pieces, this guy was a partner in a multi-billion dollar fund that you know obviously partners with your dad. And and this dude like has so many things going on, he goes, you don't know the value of somebody that I can give any assignment to, anything, Mm -hmm. and know that it's taken care of. Mm -hmm. He goes, that is the most invaluable thing I ever could have asked for. So you are a huge asset in my life and I want you around because of that. And so that was the third thing I say is like, you know, if you really wanna get to know powerful people or meet you know amazing people like be the kind of person they can depend upon like just show up if you say you're going to do something you better damn well do it um because people that are busy like they'll give you opportunities but if you blow it at that point it's just like yeah you know it's it's more work to to fix it now and so you really got to do what you say you're going to do i love that well and and you've proven that of just giving genuine value. What was the thing you said that you give with no experience? Yeah, you give, so Zig Ziglar says this all the time. Yeah. He says, the secret to life, he said, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Yeah. So give everything expecting nothing in return. But I'll give you examples of this. Like I've taught this literally exactly what I just said to you. I've taught speaking and people come up to me after the event, they're like, hand me their damn business card. And they're like, hey, if you ever need windows, here you go. And I'm like, bro, did you listen to one damn word I said? Like yeah. you have created no value in my life. Yeah. You're already trying to leech off of me like it's like dude and it's not that i need you to just you got to if you want to make an impact like you need to give more than you receive and uh and what's cool is you kind of start finding other people that give at that level so all my close friends now are the same way as i am they're all willing to give more than they ever asked for we don't need anything from each other none of us like independently we're all great but we are so willing to help each other with anything that we can and you know you start finding other people like that and it's cool because when somebody shows up and enters the room or tries to get in with us that isn't like that mm. i mean they get i mean they get spotted out immediately it's so oh, funny it's so oh it's so obvious you're just like this dude is and everyone will know it and then that person's gone very fast uh, that's inter- that's interesting huh yeah yeah so to switch gears here keep you on your toes a little bit um you've traveled to how many countries is it 75 75 countries mm-hmm. um pretty impressive and i want to ask you yes we can talk about your favorite destination and what was so cool but let's i would love to hear about what that's done for you mentally on how you look at the world and yeah. how um different cultures and communities act with each other and down to more over a personal level, maybe in a spiritual level, how that's affected you, the way you do business things. And and you have a goal to go to a hundred countries, is that right? Yep, yep. hundred countries, yep. which is pretty impressive. So what would you say, you know, that that is some things that you've learned from that much travel? Yeah, I, the travel has been as important as anything I've ever done to help me expand my mind, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it does is, 
so Brene Brown talks about this a lot. She's one of the most famous authors in the world. If you haven't read her works, go do it. But um, she says, you know, we are afraid of things we don't know. So she encourages people. She says, lean in. Hmm. So like, for example, I'll give you one example. Like after, you know, the Middle East and the wars and Osama bin Laden and all that stuff, I was pretty afraid of Islamic Muslim people in general. I was like, these people are the enemy. I'm afraid of them. Yeah. Um, so I met a guy, uh, actually it was a referral, the guy that needed to buy a house, like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. His name's Hasem, and uh, he was from Egypt. His father was Palestinian, mother was from Egypt, but because his dad wasn't Egyptian, he, long story short, had this weird history of like not having a home, essentially a home country, yeah. but his family all lived in Egypt, and he hadn't been back in a long time because it's really hard to get there. Well, a couple of years ago, had the chance to go with him to his hometown in Egypt, went and saw the pyramids and cool. did this thing. Well, his family, is there and we spent a couple of days we're having dinner with them we're hanging out with them and got to know his muslim family very very well and it was um the most loving kind family just like any family in america they just want their kids to be happy they want to they love each other and um you know she pulled him aside halfway through the night when we met and she's you know she was she he hadn't been home in 10 or 12 years i think and she started crying and she said, it makes me so happy to see that my son has a friend like him because I've been so worried about him being over there in the States. And what I realized was like, oh, man, I've been so afraid of these people and they're so much alike and being able to actually experience and not just hear about it or read about it, but like experiencing these people is like all that fear completely went away, right? They're just people that you kind of understand that, man, there's some weird messaging going on around, you know, like who really are the good guys and the bad guys and all this other stuff, but like to actually experience them. Um, and I've been able to do this in so many parts. I've done a lot of the countries by myself, to be honest. I've, I've been to Peru by myself, went to Machu Picchu. I've been to Vietnam by myself. And um, you go to all these different places. Another cool thing that's happened is being an American, if you just watch the news, you'd think that the world hates us, but I've been to every part of the world mm -hmm. and America stands for freedom still to the world everywhere. And it always will because people know, people are smarter than the news and all that stuff. Like people know, it is bad as it seems here or what they're showing on the yeah. news. People know what America is and the freedom. That's why everyone's still trying to get here in spite of what you would think that the story would be out in the world. But people love us. We stand for something. We've, we've liberated them, given them hope for liberation and freedom and all these things. And so it's been really cool to go, whether I was in France or Korea or wherever I was, to see the way that people, the reverence for Americans. Oh, um, it's cool. special. Yeah, it still is. And it's, you know, we still stand for something. And I always took that mantle as like a special um uh, responsibility that when i was traveling to spread the goodness of americans right and yeah. to spread what we stand for because it really is and we we are still a beacon of hope i mean if you really want to feel oppressed go to some of these african countries or some of these muslim places like let's be honest and um or maybe you know if you want to see what true uh poverty looks like go to south and central america you know and you'll see and and so for me it's really opened my eyes that's the, so good to hear oh dude like, it's it's the worst messaging ever is yeah. like the, the what the news makes you believe or what you'd think on twitter versus the reality yeah i mean we are absolutely it is sacred almost to be from america still to the world um obviously there's places that you know don't have so much love for us and america has done a lot of things that they unfortunately shouldn't have probably done over the last 50 80 years but it, it's still a reverence and there's still um america is still special to, to everybody yeah I, i've well and i have a lot more limited travel than you but i've experienced that in every country i've been to yeah um around the world and, and and i love your point to the guy in egypt they've got just he got a family and kids and just wants good yeah they're just trying to love kids. each other yeah i have a family friend from jordan and i think my dad was talking to him he goes are you do you, does it kind of worry you to live in jordan and raise a family in jordan you know with the bombs and stuff And he's like no 
what about he goes what about you though i mean you send your kids to american schools there's school shootings like doesn't there like bombs at schools every day and it was kind of like oh like yeah they see the news and they think there's a school shooting every single day and, and you know how would you ever send your kid to an american school and mm-hmm. then we think oh man how could you raise a family in jordan I think the news uh, overplays a lot of things on both sides of the table, yeah. Totally. Unfortunately, they became media machines and, you know, they have to sell advertising and they have to get eyeballs and so you have to have negative messaging. But that's the importance of traveling. You get out there and you see the real story and Mm -hmm. you see what's really going on. It's been cool. All right. Conspiracy theory that you, your top conspiracy theory that youth believe is true. And conspiracy theory is a large, that's a broad topic. Sure. What's something you believe is going to happen in the future that maybe other people won't believe? And uh, anything there? Anything come to mind? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no, I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist. Um, I do enjoy, you know, reading about them. I do study them all. Um, I mean, I'm not so much a conspiracy theorist as like, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that there's a lot of people with power that, um, I guess you call it a conspiracy theory, not really, but um, a lot of the people in power really working overtime to keep other people down, to keep other people from gaining education, power to self-empowerment. I think the biggest mistake that people fall for is believing that you need to rely upon somebody else, whether that be government or help or some way. Like true freedom is not needing anybody else. And so you'll see all these people in power, whether it's the right or the left, they both do this, but they try to keep people in poverty. I mean, you look at what's happened to black America and uh, you know, they try to like, let them, you know, see like, oh, you're, you know, you're victims. They just keep telling them that they're victims and they're not like, you see how many people have risen above whatever their circumstance was. But the messaging is very powerful of like, you're oppressed by the white man and this racism and all these things. And it's just not the reality. And so that to me is the biggest problem that I see of like, how many people have been fooled white, black, um, gay, um, all these people that no longer are really oppressed, but they believe they're victims. And it's because powerful people need them to feel that way to keep the thumb of oppression over them. Interesting. I like that. That's what I was well put. Yeah. Uh, the interesting that, well, and Tony, I love Tony Robbins. Yeah. Tony says it better than anybody. The victimhood mentality is the most destructive mentality. It doesn't matter what your skin color is, wherever, if you're from this neighborhood on this side of the tracks, whatever, if you believe you're a victim, you will. Yeah. A people will fall in love with their story, right? Because it gives them something to hold on to. And Tony says it better than anybody. He says, look, you're probably right. You are a victim. Like God bless you for your situation, whatever's happening, whether you're raped or whatever it was, right? Like anything that could have happened to you, you are a victim but it doesn't serve you. And so the key is to fix it, heal it, move on from it. Know that that makes you that much greater, not that you have to fall victim to that story of whatever is holding you back. I love, well, and I'm, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I, I, I think you are too. You mentioned on, we were on the plane flying back from Dallas the other day and you mentioned Tony Robbins kind of changed your life. You went to an mm-hmm. event. You want to, you're okay talking about that. Yeah, I mean. How, how he helped you. And I, I've, been, I've been to three of his events. Absolutely, I just, like, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, anytime you, you know, one of the things that Tony does is he creates an environment where you're able to really look at what you want your life to look like. And so I always tell people that they're in a jam or in a bad spot. They don't know what they want to do with themselves. I say, if everything went right in your life for the next five years, what would your life look like? And most people have never done the work. They haven't done, they spent the time to actually go through it and see what that looks like. So they don't really create anything because they haven't thought of it. Like if you needed to get a certain thing to happen, like a trip to happen, but you never mapped it out, how it was going to happen. Like the odds of it happening just aren't as good, right? Like if you're trying to bake a cake and you didn't really map out how you're going to do it, the odds of it coming out well, aren't very good. And so I always say people spend more time planning a wedding than they do planning a future. They spend more time planning a vacation. They do their year goals. And so what Tony does so well, his date with destiny event is he creates an environment where you go through and you really get empowered um, through your values and your limiting beliefs and your question, uh, you know, your, your, your primary question, all these different things that he has you go through. And then you come up with your life's purpose. 
And I, when I went to this date with Destiny, I had left the church that I grew up in about four months earlier. And I was kind of, man, I was in a weird place. Cause when you come to the conclusion, like, oh shit, like this isn't what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden where I'm from, why I'm here, where I'm going, you don't really believe that anymore. You're not sure anymore, at least. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty at once that comes into play. And it's a really hard place to be for most people. I hope they never have to experience it because there's just so much uncertainty that to deal with that. Thankfully, I'm wired for uncertainty. That's why I've gone to 75 countries. Why I can go undercover and not care, like all these different things, right? I'm wired to handle this, so I'm not naive to that. I had some special privileges to uh, overcome, you know, this part of my life. But I, I had been waffling for about four months, just trying to figure out, like, well, what's this all about? Like, why am I, you know, what am I doing? Like, if it's not what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I went to this event and he takes you through your childhood and then he takes you through your future and he really helps you to map out what this looks like using your values and your principles and um, everything. And I came up with a new life's purpose, which is the purpose of my life is to share my tremendous love with all of God's children, bringing happiness to others through my playful soul and by being an example of living an extraordinary life. And when I came up with that, it shot shivers down me, dude. It's, this was days of coming up with what my life was gonna be all about. And I'm able to say that because like, I repeat it every day, every day, every day, um, because that truly is what guides me now. That is the yeah. purpose of my life. And if you see how I live, like people are like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like I can you see that in how you live. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it's really, time for, yeah. yeah, the purpose of my life is to share my tremendous love with all of God's children, bringing happiness to others through my playful soul and by being an example of living an extraordinary life. Mm. So that's what I strive for. That's what I'm going for every day. And, um, you know, it gave me a new thing to go for. And then all of a sudden from there, I started figuring out what is God? What is, is Jesus this? Or, you know, what is spirituality for me? And I started putting those pieces back into place. But I had this guiding principle now, which is my life's purpose. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's amazing. And, um, and you live that to a T. Yeah. No, and like it is. You, it's, yeah, yeah, it's ingrained it's, in it's, me. It's ingrained. You can tell. It's like it just yeah. goes through your soul. Well, Jimmy, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. I've got one last question. Yep. And for people that want to go follow you, Mr. Jimmy Rex on Instagram, go check him out. He's got, you have a lot of fun stuff on there. I love your Instagram. You thank you. You a great job. So, um, and TikTok, I guess now you got three videos on there. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's because <laughs> so I've got like 2.9 million likes and like half of them are on like two videos. Um, but. <laughs> yeah, that's just how TikTok works. Yeah. So final question. I like to ask this to all my guests on here. Um, I'm going to give you the mic. Two minutes uninterrupted from me. What do you feel like is the most valuable and important thing you want to leave this audience? Mm. And what's something that's in your soul you can talk? Religion, politics, faith, business, family, money, networking, whatever. And uh, I'll give you two minutes. I'm putting you on the spot here again. I, haven't, I didn't tee up any of these questions for Jimmy. You've been, you've been awesome. Yeah. So two minutes, here you go, or whatever you want to do. But here you go, Jimmy. All right. Yeah. Um, I wrote a book, it came out last August. It's called You End Up Where You're Heading, The Hidden Dangers of Living a Safe Life. And the entire premise of the book is people don't regret the things they do in their life, the chances they take, the mistakes that they make, all these different things. They regret the, the dreams that die within them, the times they didn't do something when they maybe had an idea to do it or a thought to do it, or they were just afraid to, to go for it. So they stayed in the bad job, they stayed in the bad relationship, and they, they didn't live out their dreams. Um, and so the entire premise of that book is to be the hero of your own story. And so what I tell everybody, you know, I, I get hit up a lot by people that I think I put a mirror in front of people because I'm doing so many adventurous things and always trying to um, improve my life. I put a mirror for people and say, look, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, uh, you only get one of these things, regardless of what you think life is after this. There's only one time we do it this way. You know, I'm only going to be Jimmy Rex in this life this way one time. And so 
I just um, encourage people, like whatever's holding you back, the fears that you have is, uh, you know, everything you want is on the other side of that fear. And, you know, you can make the biggest mistakes. I mean, every person I've ever talked to, whether they got pregnant in high school or they uh, yelled at their boss, whatever it was, whenever they took a risk or they started their own company, even if they lost everything, like they're so grateful they did it because that's living, right? And failure is not, um, not succeeding at something. Failure is not trying something. And that's changed my entire life like that principle of like because honestly when I embraced that life is a beautiful mess there's no bad days I have learning days I have days where I'm like oh I'm not gonna do that again but it's all part of this process of becoming who I am and and so it's you know embrace that life is a beautiful mess and be the hero of your own story like pretend there's a crew following you around all day long and like you can rewrite your story at any time like I, I love watching people that have made mistakes or that have you know done things that they're not proud of and they just they, they don't let that define them um, but you ultimately control your life and don't let anybody talk you uh, into anything else other than that. Like, don't wait for somebody to save you. Um, be the hero. Uh, be the, I always joke around and I'm like, I just want to be the person that I wish I had had when I was a kid, right? Like, yeah. I get to be that person for, for anybody that's willing to, to be a part of that. And so be that person for yourself. I love it. That was inspiration. I love it. Mr. Jimmy Rex on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on. You bet, Go man. check out his Thanks YouTube channel, me. whatever. We'll have links below and everything. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. It was fun. Yeah. Bridger here. I have four free and simple ways I can further help you to scale your business or fund. Number one, I have a YouTube channel with actually, I don't, to toot my own horn, I think it's decent content on there. Go check it out. Bridger Pennington is a YouTube channel. We go very deep on funds. Number two, I have a one hour free training at investmentfundsecrets.com. We go very deep into how to actually start and scale your very own fund from ground zero. Number three, you can join our free private Facebook group of like-minded people like me and you that go out and launch and scale funds. I go live in there once a week. The name of the group is Investment Fund Secrets. And then number four, finally, I have a free PDF guide on how to actually launch and scale your fund. If you go to investmentfundsecrets.com slash guide, you can download that guide. Now, finally, people always ask me, Bridger, can you help me one-on-one? -on -one? Can we work together? Yes, I don't wanna talk about that in here, but if you wanna learn more, message me, Bridger at investmentfundsecrets.com or just DM me on Instagram. Thank you guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.